0: hello people and welcome to rocker mike and rob Present. uh another show during the quarantine that we interview rock legend joey pento we have a very special interview i hope you guys enjoy and listen and remember don't get drunk get lumped up so far
1: yep. so good okay. yeah so far yeah pretty amazing
0: Pretty amazing technology, right? <laughs> yeah. <it's>... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on a three-way call on a special. Um,
1: I always like those three ways. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've been on a couple of those three ways before. They're yeah, pretty interesting.
2: Three, three ways are always good.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And then, unfortunately, you wake up the next day. And it's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell <laughs> am I? You're
2: like, well, who Who are these
0: two beasts?
1: Who are these people? I got to, one of them is on my arm. I got to chew it off like a wolverine in a trap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. so, Rob. Yeah, what's up, man? Okay,
2: this is the Rocker Mike and Rob Presents show today. Right? Yep. And we're going to bring you, everybody, Uh, the famous, or should I say infamous, Joey Penta. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Joey uh, is an old school Punk rock guy From New York City uh, mm. He's been around since the beginning Okay, the beginning of uh, The 70s scene in, in, in the city
1: here uh, mm. you,
2: were a big, you were a big Max's guy, right, Joey?
1: Yeah, man, I was there a lot um, yeah. Even before we started Before Upstairs Was opened up for Ordinary bands uh, We would go right. downstairs To the back room and hang out and watch people hold court. You right. know, did, we, did you go we came in right after Andy Warhol and all those guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's where Warhol was hanging out. The dogs, yeah. right?
1: Lou Reed, right. all that stuff. Did you
2: go there for the
0: chickpeas?
1: Of course. You know, <laughs> and the salads. See, what we would do is we had no money. So we, yeah. we would get at a table, get a great big salad. And nursed a salad, like four of us and yeah. um, and and you know as long as you were sort of behaving yourself, they left you alone, so it was it
0: was it was cool oh,
2: that's cool that's cool i mean yeah. i I heard stories from guys that hung out that at some point there was usually a chickpea food fight
1: occasionally i've heard of that, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't involve myself in that stuff because I was trying not to get kicked out so early.
0: You, <laughs>
1: <There> you, <laughs> you, have was,
2: see, you have to stick around and see the band,
1: for yeah. I was I was eighteen or something like that, and and I yeah. did. I was still young enough to uh to be nervous. <laughs> so. okay,
2: now just uh give a little. I'll give a little background here for people who don't know who Joey is. Joey uh was in a band called the Knots in the seventies that played Max's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in the Waldo's. Okay, mm-hmm. for a long time, and that's how I became acquainted with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you've been doing some solo stuff the last few years, and you're working yeah. on some new material. Yeah, and uh, we're going to get into all that. But let's go back a little bit, a little bit before Max's, and talk about you know some of your early days. Now, you told me you were born in Brooklyn, right?
1: Yeah, East New York, All family. New York.
2: All right, yeah. and you know you lived in you lived in Queens for a while. You bounced around a lot yeah when, when did you when did you find that you know music was your calling
1: you know i always wanted to play i i don't remember a time not wanting to uh yeah. even as a little child um i i remember having you know really wanting a guitar and <clears throat> wanting to play uh yeah. even you know when i was ten eleven years old and really? uh yeah yeah it was it was it was really I don't know what it was, man. It was just something I needed to do and nothing so else.
2: What were you, you kind of, you know, at 10 years old, who were you looking at as kind of a hero that played guitar?
1: Oh, well, it was, the monkeys were on TV in those days. And, and um, you know, you were real limited because I was 10 years old. So I wasn't going sure. anywhere. And um, <clears throat> so we had television, the three channels on television. So there were the Monkeys, and then there was whatever, you know, like American Bandstand, which was like occasionally someone would come on, it would be interesting. But yeah. it was mostly me sitting next to the AM radio and, uh-huh. and, and listening to everything. I, I really liked the old soul music um, uh-huh. because there was something about that that just like rang true with me i don't know what it was and, and maybe yeah. because my father hated it you know he would you know, <laughs> turn that shit off um but yeah. <laughs> but then you know that was in am radio and then uh, i just was glued to it and and I, I i got a guitar was like some japanese guitar with like six pickups on it and 10 switches right. and i don't know what the hell it was and then um I came home from school one day and found out my father hopped it. So, oh <laughs>
0: my god, yeah, oh,
1: that cool. sucked. That sucked too because I was I was gonna. Kind of, there was a guy in school with me that he had one of the, a a uh yeah. with the case. You know, with the amp is in the case where he got yes. it from Sears. And, yes. Uh, wait a minute. Sorry, I thought I turned that off. It's okay. To me, it was the coolest thing in the world. So, um I, he said, "Well, come by my house and and, and I'll show you some things." And I, said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I go home." And the guitar is gone. I said, "You motherfucker!" You <laughs> <laughs> wow, <Man. laughs> very embarrassing.
2: electros. A lot of people in that time yeah. had electros, right? A lot of, a lot well, of Yeah,
1: you used, used to get them. From, you get them from Sears and and and, yeah. and a catalog. And and uh, they had this model or a couple of models where the the, the amp was in the case. It yeah. was all like the unit was so cool. I still want one. uh no, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so it was so cool, and and I think they were made out of masonite, which is like a like, like a like a cardboard building material.
2: Right, right. It's like a like a, a pressboard type thing.
1: Yeah. In yeah. fact, the room yeah. I'm in right now, the room I'm in right now has it on the wall, where. Oh, really? uh, yeah, it's got those holes punched in it so you could hang shit on yeah, it. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's masonite. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, builders used to use it for um underlayment on floors, but it it didn't deal well with water, right. so it, it people stopped using it really for yeah. anything other than something temporary. So, so that's what they were made out of. It's pretty cool. You when, when you
2: started playing the Dan Electro, you know, what were you doing? Mm-hmm. Were you teaching yourself? Or were you getting yeah. lessons?
1: No, no, no. I had to. I had to teach myself. I I couldn't get lessons. I remember lessons in nineteen sixty eight or sixty seven. Yeah, were like three bucks an hour, and um, that was out of a lot
2: of money then. That was
1: yeah, out of money. Yeah. a question. Yeah, what you know? Yeah. I had five brothers and sisters, and and you know that was not going to happen. So yep. uh, Wait, I had uh, to teach myself
2: were you a big stones fan or were you yeah. more of a beatles fan
1: what 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 did you no remember? i like the stones a lot more yeah. uh Me than, than Me the beatles uh the beatles were um i didn't like that all that weird singing that four part harmony and i didn't like Oblog, Block D, O Block get the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like that. No, I know. Are you I, kidding me? We,
2: we, we did a show yesterday, Joey. Right? I, I mentioned it to you. Me, me, and Rob did a show yesterday on the George Harrison album "All Things Must Pass." Right. And, and what I found so interesting about it, and and you know, Rob, you agreed, yeah, is that he had all that music by 1970 yeah. to make yeah. a, a triple fucking album.
1: A triple album. And, yeah.
2: Right. Right. And. Some Of those songs, every one of those songs on that album could have been a Beatles song and it
0: would have been better than hearing Oblade, oh, Oblade oh,
1: Da, Maxwell's Silver Hammer.
2: Or some fucking song like that. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, he was, the record companies must have been, you know, dying to get, get a hold of that guy in 1970.
2: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, and he—the the interesting thing is—is is he was just a nervous wreck. He thought that the songs weren't even up to par. Oh
0: and then yeah. After
2: it was all done, yeah, and Specter, you know, Specter ran it through his wall of sound mix and added everything right. to it. Right. Apple Records was like, "This is phenomenal." And, yeah. and, and then, and then he believed it, you know, and then they put it out. But of anyway, so you, you know, you were more of a Stones fan. So at that point in the late mm-hmm. '60s, you were, you were listening to. Uh, like let it bleed right, right. And, uh,
0: and, what
1: what what the first stones song that I, song first album i really listened to was sticky fingers that was the first yeah. one that I, it was i was in queens had to be 69 1970 and yes. wnewfm yeah. was the radio station and yes. what they would do is play a whole album that would be released, really and they do the whole thing, both the sides, whole or just- whole record, whole record, no commercials, nothing. They play wow. it right. Through. Yeah, it was great, man. And <clears throat> that was the first one that, that that I really listened to because before that, you just heard the singles on the radio, like 19 yeah. Breakdown" and "Painted Black," which was. I heard "Painted Black." I was like, "What is that? That's incredible!" Yeah, I, I mean, what is that? <laughs> you know? no, the
2: guitar. I mean, the guitar sound—the way Jones used the sitar and everything on. Yeah, that, you know?
1: yeah, and then you see them on the Ed Sullivan show, and, yeah, and
2: Jones is sitting there cross-legged, right? Yeah, I'm
1: going. Who are these guys? This is fucking yeah. amazing. So sure. it wasn't until Sticky Fingers and FM radio, where, uh, and you know, and things sounded better because it was FM. It was stereo, so sure. things just sounded better.
2: Yeah, and, and they were FM at the time. Was you know free form? It was experimental. They would do yeah. albums, like you said, yeah. album sides or whole albums, right? And you'd hear stuff that you wouldn't hear on AM. That's how FM got started. Really,
1: no, that's what it was. Yeah. Right? You wouldn't hear it. And then at night, it was even better oh. because any WFM had this chick. Her name was Allison Steele. Alice the Nightbird. Yeah. yeah, she would like, play. She'd be on from like ten, ten to two or something in the morning, yeah. and um, she would play whole sides of records, and you know, it's freaking great. I mean, it was you don't hear that anymore, but she had that. Uh, it's uh, well, just, just great. She
2: passed away, but she used to have that like she, she did used to have that sexy, you know, dreamy voice.
1: Oh thing, yeah. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. When you're 16, 17 I years old, listen. holy <laughs> yeah. wow! Uh, you don't know what that you don't know what that feeling is, but you like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is, that, is that a microphone in my
2: pocket, or am I just glad to see somebody?
1: Yeah. What is that? It's like the first time I saw <laughs> Tina Turner on TV. Oh, I yeah. was like, "What? Well, I don't know what is happening here, but I really like it." Um, uh, speak to her. I know you. I know you know
2: the Give Me Shelter movie, Joey. Okay, of course, right. yeah, how about, yeah. How about the Tina Turner scene in that
1: movie? Oh man,
2: when she's singing the Otis Redding song and she's, yeah, just like, yeah, you know, she's singing it, she's got her hands on the mic and she's stroking the oh, mic. Oh, yeah,
1: oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, don't even get me going here, you know. <laughs> this is gonna get turned <laughs> off. <here. laughs> you know, would I have to charge you, gonna charge me for this now, five dollars a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. We're getting off topic. Of here. <laughs> anyway, um, so you know, you, you're teaching yourself guitar now. When right. did you did, did, did you have any bands in high school or anything, or or no. what did you do no,
1: no, 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 no? Because no, after that, what's
2: the first band you got together? What's the first band you played?
1: In? All right, I I would answer ads in the Village Voice, and uh, you know, go to meet people. And and nothing was happening. I really, you know, I didn't really, uh, you know, I was just hanging out with guys in high school who were listening to, you know, Layla and American bands and that looked like hippies. And I was trying yeah. to figure this stuff out. And then what happened was, as a guy, a neighbor came by with an album, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. There you go. And oh it changed. God, great album. Changed, changed my life. It was like, first of all, I looked at the the, the cover, yeah. and I was like, "What? What is that?" And then when I listened to it, it was nothing like the Almond Brothers. No, nope, it was nothing like that. No, Quicksilver Messenger Service. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like, <laughs> what? What is this? This is amazing. No, it was, and it then was something
2: it was from Mars actually it dropped it dropped dropped from Mars that album it really did
1: yeah and it changed my life I said the whole direction of music and for me changed uh I, I stopped hanging out with these characters that I knew and one guy I knew took me to the East Village one day and I remember coming out of the subway at Union Square not Union Square um yeah, Union Square. Yeah. A Cooper Square, where the cube is. Oh, like, like Astor Place. And, right. I would come out of this Astor Place, yeah. right. I came out of the subway, and this is 1970, and the air smelled like food, like weird food. Yeah. There was music everywhere. The people looked totally different yeah. from people in Bayside. Sure. And And I thought like a subway token took me here Mm -hmm. and I no idea how that area, that corner would be so important in my future life. You know, I lived there for years, grew up there really. I mean, because once I, once I got exposed to that, that was it. So what happened was I was, I answered this ad for a band in Brooklyn And Bensonhurst or someplace, so I take the subway out to Bensonhurst, and uh, I, I had a white Stratocaster uh-huh. that I couldn't hardly play. So these guys were playing dolls covers. They wow. were playing Stones covers. So I'm playing with these guys, and I'm trying my best. And they say, "Well, you 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 want you want a beer?" I said, "Yeah, I want a beer." And they open up the refrigerator. It was full of beer. There's nothing in it but beer. I said, this is a good sign. Yeah. So they said, we're going to have a little meeting. And they left, and they came back 15 minutes later, and they said, what's more important, your girlfriend (laughs) or the band? And I said, of course, the band. And they said, okay, you can sleep over there. Oh. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. The guy drove me back to Bayside. I grabbed all the shit out of my bedroom that I shared with my brother. And... That was it. Never went back. And you were living And during Yeah, I joined this band. We were called Brooklyn Trash.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And that's when we started going to Max's at night and hanging out downstairs, wasting time watching people, you know, yeah. seeing yeah. who people was who. Watching. Yep. Yeah. And then we would go back to this guy's house and we rehearsed in his basement and... You know, one thing led to another. The band broke up. I ended up in Florida with a couple of these guys, and then yep. from there I end back in New York, and then I met Nikki Fuse. Yeah. God, a million years ago, man. And from then on, we started I started playing original music because it was, you know, it's easier for me to write songs than learn songs from the record. I, I, I was see. never good at that. I, I could yeah. like I knew cats that could listen to something once and then play it. I, I never could do that. So I still can't. So I found you it gotta, easier. You
2: start from scratch, kinda. You gotta make your own
1: song. Yeah, yeah. I oh I I I figured it was it was just easier for me to write. Uh oh, you know, chord progressions and things like that that sounded cool. Right. So that that's how we started playing original music. And that was around that same time. CBGB's opened up, yeah, and the only requirement for CBGB's was you had to play your mu- original music. That was right.
2: it, that was always the right. deal. He didn't, he didn't want cover bands,
1: right? Right? He could do anything you want as long as it was original. <clears throat> yeah. And back in those days, in fact, I saw a flyer someone posted the other day on the internet from CBG three nights a week, two sets a night, and it was us. Fuse Band playing with uh, opening up for the Heartbreakers, right? And for th- three nights, and then that's that's right around that same time there was a place called Mothers on Twenty Third Street. Yeah, by
0: eight. Yeah, it was exactly. The- that.
1: Yeah, Peter Crowley ran that place before he went over to Max's and I started running Max's. This is cool too, but it was a very small little bar yeah it was very, very small but it was it was cool it was the first time i met johnny was in there johnny very thought, first time johnny yeah, was, yeah yeah okay yeah.
2: what was that like meeting him for the first time i mean you could, it was sure pretty cool you because
1: you knew who he was yeah well it was really kind of cool because some guy came up to the I, and you know wrecking um, just paid any attention to me at all it was pretty cool and uh um, you there you know we became friends no, Anyway, from you know, from mothers, you know, band started playing at Max's and back and forth, Max's, Ebs, Max's, Ebs, and that was it. Man, we lived down there and yeah. and, and, and we did nothing but play. I mean, uh, you lived the way you could live, you know. You lived off the the good graces right. of whoever, whatever girlfriend you had at the time. Yeah, your girls, would, girls you know, and
2: those pay the bills and and keep yeah, you in guitar strings. You know, they and, wanted to be with a musician. They knew. They knew the hazards of that, and the you know what would be involved with that, and they yeah, I guess. some of them just yeah. go along with it and and take care of you. It's true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, was, it, it Yeah. I lived like that for years. Well, Rob, Rob's and, like and, that.
2: <laughs> Rob's got all these girls taking care of so,
0: right, uh, him when I can. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and
2: he's and he's only a bartender. He's not even a musician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rob, Rob's got a Rob's got a good line of
1: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's good. Exactly. Well, when you're in control of the alcohol, <laughs> oh, it works.
2: You got the cocaine,
1: whatever. <laughs> yep, that's true. I always true. found that handy. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. I just read the, the killer coronavirus is alcohol. So my theory is this: for every shot you drink, take a little and okay. rub it on your body, <laughs> and then the,
0: the virus can't get <laughs> to me. Oh man! Yeah. You know, well. So, so
2: now you were, you, you know, were, you were playing, like you said, you were playing Max's, you were playing CBs. When, when did, when did this all right. become the knots, though? Okay, because now you're playing with Nikki Fuse. When did it become the knots? Uh,
0: yeah, it,
1: what happened is, just, it's, it, there's no definitive line. It, 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 things kind of blend. Fuse sort of broke up. I was I started playing with this other band called Lost Hats. It was a really cool band with this chick singer. And I never liked playing with chick singers because what happens is some other somebody in the band yeah, starts to ready. fuck her. So then you've got yeah, you've got like two people now you gotta argue right. with instead of one. So um <clears throat> so but this this was totally different, man. This was the whole scene yeah. was really, really cool. And sometime around that time I hooked up with the singer, this guy Tommy, again. And um, uh, Tony came down from the Bronx. He, he knew Tony him from some, of, some other band. And that's, yeah, Tony Carter, right. And then um, Nicky Fuse was still playing drums. And that's when we started Knots, which was kind of like playing Fuse music because yeah. it was yeah. the same songs, just a different name. Now when you, just a different when, name and and yeah. And yeah. evolved w-
2: was was Johnny Thunders a big fan of the knots? Did he try to push you guys a little bit, get you some gigs and stuff like that? I don't
1: know, but he was around a lot. You know, uh, you know, he come play with this and and, uh, you know, I, he asked me to play with him. And what happened was this was a, you know, this is a weird thing because it was it must have been a sign from God that yeah. said, "You're not doing this because, uh, I I was kind of avoiding it, and then Peter Crowley told me. He says, "Listen, man, this is a really good opportunity for you. You, yeah. you got to go do this." So I said, "All right." So I, you know, I went to go play with John on 30th Street, I, like I've done a thousand times. But for some reason, I I I I, I was like nervous huh. or something. And 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 John said, "Let's go take a walk," and that was a euphemism yeah. for you know, yeah. let's go get some drugs. And, and I did, like, you know, more yeah. than I should have. And, uh, and especially around that guy. That, that he had the tolerance yeah, of a that, bull moose. I mean, nobody ever saw the, the tolerance like that. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it in my own eyes, man. I, I saw him do things that were, like, fucking amazing. And what happened was, is I didn't go. And I really believe that uh, there was something above me why, why protecting you know? me because I would I would have I would have been on the road with no restraints from people, so I would either died or got locked up yeah. or sent home or probably you know I probably would have died and and um, I, you know I really think that's what happened uh, you know it, it it sucked but it was it, you know it. There were so many things happening in those days. I, I would wake yeah. up on the subway. A cop would wake me up. And I'd be yeah. on, in Rockaway.
0: <laughs> and, I'm like,
1: and it's the daytime. So I I, I rode around the subway yeah. like the F train for cold. hours wow. out cold. With, with a Les Paul between my legs the whole wow. time. And wow. I was never, never hurt. Never hurt. Not once. Not a scratch. And this was in yeah. the seventies, man. You remember the subways in those days they were tough, man. And I would be at the end of the line where a conductor, a cop, would wake me up and 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 I go, What the fuck? You know, I'm in Rockaway or some other place and try trying to make my way back. And I didn't realize how, because you're gonna cut my throat with me, you're good too. So I had Mark and I was spared that. Uh, I was spared. So
0: Something yeah, I've, I've
2: I've been there I've been there too. I've been there too. You know, I, I've been there myself, Joey. I know I, I, it's you know, I've woken up on the subway at the last stop and wondered how the hell I got there. You know,
1: All back, right. are you back. guys back on yet? Yeah there you go. Okay. Wait, the cold keep dropping somehow. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. It's either it's it's like atmospheric. We'll we'll Some we'll spot. take care of it in the editing. Don't worry about it. Um, Sunspots. Okay,
2: so you know, <laughs> you're playing with the knots. Now, yeah. at some point, you were going to start recording, right?
1: Well, yeah. We always wanted to record, but it was always so expensive. So we had to get somebody to pay for it. Um, right. <clears> but you managed <clears throat> to get a
2: single out, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. That was that was like... It was, it was interesting, because that was actually Fuse that did the single. Like, on the okay. cover... Nikki and, 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 and Tony are on the cover, but they didn't play on that record at all.
2: Right. I know <laughs> you guys you guys did all the stuff yourself, right? Basically. Yeah, yeah. We had
1: another we had another drummer and, and I played bass and, and, and guitar. Right. So how that ended up like that, I don't remember, to be honest with you. I don't know.
2: And that was, that was the song uh Heartbreaker, right? And Action.
1: Heartbreaker and Action, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now, just so everybody knows, that's been re-released on Rave Up Records.
1: Really oh, God. Italian yeah. label. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you, you you sent that to me, Joe. I really appreciate it. It was it's really good. The three tracks on there, Heartbreaker, Action, and Glad to Be Alive. On. Oh, Rave yeah.
1: That's a, yeah, that was lost for years, that, that last song. Um,
2: yeah.
1: Glad, uh, Glad when to be alive. Ex- yeah, yeah. When my ex-wife was moving from Brooklyn to... Um, To the Caribbean, she was going through her stuff, and she found a bunch of stuff of mine. And uh, Mm -hmm. some of it, one of the things was this six-inch reel to reel tape, and I know what was on it. Um, And uh, we brought it to a place that that would convert it to um, a CD because you could, you have to bake it or something, some process. You just can't take it and put it on a machine. Something that's 25 no, they, years they,
2: they, old. Bake, they bake the tape. The, yeah. The, they, master tape.
1: Yeah, they do something to it so it doesn't, doesn't get destroyed. So yeah,
2: because if it's old, it's brittle
1: and something and must be something it, like, like that. Yeah, 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 it's gotta be something like that. So I had no idea what was on it. So what was on it was action, heartbreaker, and glad to be alive. I said, Oh man, I forgot all about that song. Yeah. And, and that's that's why. That last single that came out because we get there's another company that put out the single too called Soul Jazz out of London, and um, uh, every now and then I'll get some money from them, uh, very very, yeah. you know, a couple of bucks. And and um, right. uh, then this, this last batch from Italy. They were they were the ones that put out Glad to Be Alive, which I was kind of happy about because that that was yeah. a lost song. It was pretty cool. Wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's definitely – this this new mix on this new single is fantastic. Let me ask you something, though. Now, you didn't end up playing with Johnny at that time. No. Okay? No. Not full time, no. But, no. You know, he, but he was – but, you know, you were still friends with him. You were still talking with him, obviously. was was. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you, like, how – did he give you, like, playing pointers? Did he teach you? and he licked and uh, he that, taught me you know, a lot of stuff
1: taught yeah. me a lot of stuff yeah one of the most profound things he taught me was um we were at a sound check at max's one afternoon and i couldn't get my guitar in tune no matter right. what i did right and he said he he, he said to me come here and um he, he says let me show you how to do this and i'm saying to myself Oh, Mr. Fucking in Intune was going to tell me how to do this. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But nope. he, I, he said, take the strings off, take the strings off. And he showed me how to wrap the strings around the post of the machine head correctly. Right. And I, I said, he said, now try it. It'll be much more stable. And I've done that ever since, you know, 40 the, years now.
2: The uh, same process.
1: Same process, same thing, same thing. And, you know, he also taught me how to to play out of a twin reverb and yeah. set it the way it should set, the way it should sound. And um, it's funny, too, because Johnny Winter had he would set his twins the same way. Hmm. Uh, treble all the way up, everything else all the way down. Very simple. Bass
2: all, base all the way down, treble
1: all the way up, right? Right, right. Yeah, Bass yeah. mid-range all the way down. And um, you got to play it on 10. And that's that's that. but he showed me a lot of stuff and not of course i'd watch too you know i i'd I'd watch everybody i mean there was so many great guitar players
2: you know what's amazing about thunders is you know in his you know in his sloppiness you could say okay well yeah in his sloppiness there was just pure genius in the middle of that
1: but sometimes
2: sometimes he he was off and i've been to a couple of shows. Where he was barely, you know, coherent. But yeah, but me too. When yeah, he was on when he was on. Forget it.
1: It was unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, you
2: never heard like that in your life. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I remember being at Max's one night, and like way up in the, on the other end of the building from where the stage is, there were there were booths you could sit at, and yeah. I'm I'm laying in one of the booths one night, and the Heartbreakers were playing, and I was just listening. And I was marveling at how good these guys were. I mean, they, sound, they were great. They were fucking great. And, and, uh, and it was like the middle of the week or something. And the place wasn't all that crowded. Um, so I was able to lay down in a booth and, and not look at anybody or talk to anybody, just listen. And I was way away from the stage. So yeah. I could really hear well. And, and and it dawned on me. I said, "These guys, these guys are fucking serious, man. These guys are right. so good." You and know, were-
2: out of those bands, let me just tell you, in my opinion, what? yeah, out, out of all those CDs, Max's bands, okay, yeah, the Heartbreakers were like a level above. All right, uh, uh, and that's not that's not putting anybody down. Okay, I mean, I, I'm a gigantic Ramones fan. But you yeah. know, the heartbreak the heartbreakers were, you know, just a slightly different level with everybody else mm-hmm. because of Johnny, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, and Walter Jerry, too. And, Jerry. and and you know, there was all four of those guys Yeah. were better together than they were serious. Just
2: apart, right. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, you know, yeah. it's just the way it was. It's just all four of them. And and I was lucky enough to play with Billy a lot before he died, because I didn't know him all that well yeah. in those days. And um, right. he, he was the only one that I didn't hang out hang out with at all. Um,
2: Billy, Billy Rath, yeah, Billy Rath,
1: yeah, because he was gone. But <laughs> I'm telling you, when they were together, it was just you know, the, when 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 Tony C put this um, gig together with them, he was playing bass with Jerry and. And uh John and Walt. They played and they yeah. I gotta tell you, man, they were fucking great. They were great.
2: Is that you are you talking about the uh when they had the um the memorial?
1: No, 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 no. They, they, John was still alive. And and uh Tony put this gig together. He had a hard time getting it together because as soon as he mentioned Johnny Thunders, people hung up on him and oh, shit. Uh, yeah yeah so he he was good like that he could book gigs and he booked all the waldo yeah. gigs and shit so uh he managed to get booked at some pretty nice place i can't remember where it was on the west side the marquee, was that the marquee yeah i think it was the marquee
0: yeah
2: i i was at that gig joey that's the one i'm, I'm i didn't mean to say memorial for johnny right uh i'm just thinking that that was around the time when uh when Steve Bader's died, but that wasn't yeah. a memorial for Steve. That was just a regular Heartbreakers reunion. Right. I was at that show. Yeah,
1: yeah. They were, and it was a big place, right? It was a you know, oh yeah sizable was, place. It was on
2: the west side in the '20s. It was it was a big it was a big club.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was. They had like a balcony, and I remember being up there, and and uh, I, was, I was I was I was stunned on on how how well they played because. You know, Tony was telling me at rehearsals they were like, you know, kind of like feeling each other out. And he said it was really kind of the vibe. Man. But shit, man, and they, and Tony made sure too that John didn't get out of control during the day, like like he told well, the. Tony club had owner, played
2: with him. Tony had recorded with him before, though, in the studio,
1: right? Not uh, not a lot, no. Once in a while.
2: uh, One or two or or three songs, maybe. Something like that that he played bass on. I never heard anything. Well, I think the stuff that he did ended up on, like, uh, you know, those albums that Johnny would put out, like, you know, uh the new too much junkie business or something like that or one of those things where he talks in between the songs. You ever hear those Yeah, albums? maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know any. I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't know any. Uh I, I don't know. I, I know he, he played live with them in the States a lot, um all the time in New York and, and they would play out in California and Chicago and places like that. But um Right. And and Walter was in the band. Luigi would play guitar, or somebody else yeah. would play guitar. And um, but anyway, they were that reunion gig was was amazing. It was
2: yes. really, really good. I was blown away by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So they made sure that Johnny um, needed money during the day. That's why.
2: Yeah, had to be careful with that, right? Yeah, well, um,
1: club guys don't give him an advance if he came by.
2: That's well. That was his. That was his shtick all the time. He would go for an advance, and then who knows what would happen. Afterwards.
1: Who knows? You never find him, right? He show up, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And if he and if he did show up, you didn't want him to show up.
2: He might be a mess, right? Yeah,
0: right. Uh,
2: <laughs> what I wanted to get into now was your time in the Waldo's a little bit. Um, now, just so I mean, I, I want to give a, just a little a little speech here about the Waldo's. There was a point mm-hmm. I felt in the you know late eighties, mm-hmm. early early nineties, where the Waldo's mm-hmm. were really the best club band in New York City at that time. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. you know you you guys played the Continental most of the time, not every you know not every time, but a lot. Okay, most uh, of which was a great club on, uh, on Third Avenue in St Mark's Place. Uh, they actually right. just knocked the building down. This year, last year, I heard I, that it's gone. Yeah, it's yeah, gone. gone. Uh, sad to say, Fuck. they're putting up another piece of shit office building. But that's where it was, and uh, yeah, that you know, Friday nights, Saturday nights, when you guys played, you know, it was to, to a packed house, uh, always, yeah, always great. And, and um, I had a lot of fun in those days. You guys were, were always me too, always played well. I don't think I ever saw a, a night where you guys were off.
1: Uh, yeah, knew... Occasionally,
0: well, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because I was
2: probably too lumped up to even know. But it, but it
0: was. Well, it I was, was told was... that it was. It was
1: always a spectacle, and that was a good yeah, compliment.
2: And you never knew who was going to pop up. I remember one time standing. I, I always stood right in front of you. Honestly. Oh yeah. I would. I would. I, oh yeah. I would. I would. I would take a, a table, or if the table wasn't there, I'd stand. Right there, and, and you were always on the you know the right side looking at the stage, and uh-huh. and you know I would watch you shred, and it was amazing. Huh. Okay, I remember one time, I think you were doing too much junkie business, mm-hmm. okay, and you you know you were doing a, you know your little thing, your little solo, and uh-huh. I turn around, and you know who was standing behind me? Who? Iggy. Oh, really? Iggy Pop. Okay. Ah. And he's standing mm. behind me and he's playing air guitar like you.
1: Oh, no kidding. Ah.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, ah. hey, Iggy, you know? And he's like, hey, what's up? You know? And because I used to see him around a little bit because he used to live on Avenue B. And Oh, really? Those, yeah. In those days, I lived on 10th between 1st and A. And oh. he used to walk around with his, He had this like very beautiful Japanese wife at the time. Wow, really? And, uh, Wow. He, yeah, he would be out and about, and I'd bump into him once in a while. But, uh, you know, you never knew at, at the Continental what was going to happen. You know, yeah. it was always a place that, you know, somebody would come down and check out a band, and you guys were like the hottest band at the time. Yeah. But let's, you know, you, you had put out a single. Um, right. What was it? Uh, was it Crazy Little Baby, I think?
1: Crazy Little Baby, and oh, and God. My Baby. Crybaby, crybaby too. Right? No, one of it was one of those two. You know there was. Hold a, on, I
2: actually have it. Right oh, yeah. Hold on. Okay. Okay. With the green background, yeah. Crazy little baby and crybaby. And crazy oh. little baby was sung by Walter. Walter. And crybaby was sung by Tony.
1: Right. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. And actually, I'm looking at your autograph right now, Joe. You signed this for me many years ago. Oh my god. And, okay. And, yeah, and um then you know, that was in the early nineties that came out. Yeah. And then you were gonna be working on an album. Now I remember that album came out in ninety four. Right. Called Rent Party. Right. And it was very you know, everybody was looking forward to it. I remember mm-hmm. uh talking with, you know, everybody at the at the Continental and they were like, you know, all anticipating that album coming out. It took a long time. You know, where, where, yeah, like, let, go into that just a little bit. Let's, you know, where did you record that album, mostly?
1: Out in Brooklyn. Uh, a place... Was, was place, it Coyote? Yeah, yeah, that was the name of the place. Thank you, because I couldn't remember. Yeah. That was the name of the place, Coyote. And, yeah, I
2: think I think that was the place where, you know, Walter was, was you know, used mostly, right? His stuff.
1: I, on the album? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Cry Baby... Tony wrote, and uh, there's another song, um, that he wrote on that. Um, what the fuck was it called? I don't remember. Uh, crazy, that's what it was. So, I think it's a minimum, yeah, of two. Yeah.
2: crazy about your love, yeah.
1: Okay, so those two, and a single that that we did that 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 we did out in Dave Ng's studio um and and johnny okay. had an uh, an early influence in that because um yeah yep. cuz he came out and like started producing it and and what ha- i don't know what happened we ended up uh, we were doing it in this guy's house and then he got a lot of money and then he he, he built himself a real nice studio out in brooklyn somewhere and um yep. uh we did it there but it was a strange studio man it was like it was made for rap music, and 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 everything was electronic, and and uh, I'm surprised it came out at all because nobody knew what they were doing. Uh, it was crazy, but it it, it worked. It, yeah. it worked, but and and I don't know, two years to do, it and we had to pay for it as we went along, you know. Um, yeah. Of course, so of course. I would think it was two years, something like that. Yeah, I, and it, that album came out
2: '94.
1: Ninety four, what is it? Oh my god.
2: Yeah. The album came out in ninety four. So god, and you know, Jesus. I still I still I still run into people uh, you know, from that day that I talked to. And uh-huh. you know, we'll always bring you guys up and, and, and they say they still listen to the album. I still listen to the album. I listen to it as much as I always did. Wow. You know, it's just one it's just one of those classic records. Uh you know, the Waldos have come out with a, a new album in the last year and it's not bad.
0: Yeah, it's not, not bad. bad.
1: Yeah, I play on one song.
2: Yeah, that's right. I was going to ask you about Part that. Part of it's one song. One, right?
1: Part of one song.
2: Yeah. 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 But, you know, um, lately you've been doing some stuff out of your studio, right? In your in your house.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Now, in 2015, you came out with a, a solo record just called Joey Penta. Right. And it's got 17 tracks on it. I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what was what was some of the uh, the origins of this? These
1: songs I wrote um, since oh God, you know when I got out of prison in 1998, my February second, ninety eight, my birthday. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even own a guitar uh, because yeah. because before I went away, uh, you know, I lost my mind completely, so everything was gone, and. Wow, yeah, yeah, everything was gone. so <clears throat> what happened was is um, I'm living out on the island in 90, 98 90, about ninety nine and um I, I I walk into this little music store in in Riverhead out, out on the east yeah, and um I see this blue telly, and I go, well, let me go. Let me try it. Because I was mad at everything, man. I was just so fucking pissed off at everything. Uh, yeah. This, you know, it was just, I was just angry. And, um, yeah. and I, so I, I buy this telly, which was, you know, I was saying to myself, all right, I'm just going to buy the telly. I'm going to lose my mind because, you know, I always looked at music like it was all or nothing. Never a hobby. It was yeah. never a hobby. Um, so right. I bought this thing, I took it home, and I I quickly realized that a lot of anger dissipated through that thing. And, uh, yeah, I started writing songs again, and uh, it took me right. a couple of years. You know, I had to learn how to use this recording stuff. I, you know, I, I, I bought it, uh, I went to england uh, i I saw so when I bought it in two thousand and two thousand and two and my first recording gear <clears throat> uh-huh. and it was real primitive and it didn't do a lot but by the time I ended up in California um I was had a lot of it figured out, and I had a whole bunch of songs written. right and I was put a band together out there, and we were doing gigs and shit like that and uh, but recording time was, you know, recording time. I, I didn't have any money for that nonsense. So, um, I, uh, yeah. I recorded it myself and, and uh, that's it. That's, that's what I did. I, the mistakes I made, um, uh, I try not to make the same mistakes again now. Uh, well, yeah, lot it is. For you. You it know, is. It's... And, and, and yeah. um, technology has come to the point now where it's become really easy for someone like me yeah. who's not a, an audio engineer uh who uh, doesn't know about all this stuff that you're supposed to know about uh there's a lot of help and
2: uh, yeah no everything is very user friendly really
1: user friendly uh and um you know there's yeah. so many different presets on things like that and what you do is you got a preset that sounds nice and then you fuck around with it for a while to make it what you want it to sound like and it's I could never do that from scratch with the outboard gear you know with compressors and limiters and all that kind of crap yeah. I don't know how to use any of that shit so um uh, it just anyway it just became it became easier and and now I'm out sure. here and sure. I, I I'm fortunate where I'm sitting in a a shed that's, that's, that's insulated. <laughs> and, um, I could play out here as much as I want. Uh, at almost stage, at stage volume. Right? Yeah. No yeah. one bothers me. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And, okay.
2: that's right. And you're in the Chicago
1: area. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm right outside of Chicago. Um, I can see the Sears yeah. tower, but, uh, I'm, I'm pretty close to the city. Um, but like
0: yeah cool. but cool. there's
1: a you know uh, my my wife's mother's house it, she's got like an eighth of property which is a lot in the suburbs so so I'm in the back back back, back. and 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 nobody nobody says a word you know when I'm out here. and um it's it's wonderful because yeah. it's it's you know I'm able to, one of the things I couldn't do with the with the album I did was record Live, I couldn't use a microphone and an amp because I was in an apartment. So I had I had to use modelers, right. and and the modeler I had at the time worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. I got a halfway decent guitar sound out of it. And
2: uh, yeah, <laughs> well, one thing one thing I don't need to interrupt you. I want to kind of wind this down a little okay. bit. But uh we, uh you know, I'm looking at the CD right now, the Joey Pitts right. CD. And I'm just looking at 17 tracks here. And I'm going to just mention a couple that I, I think are fucking great. Uh, song called okay. Like You. starts the album off with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. when I heard that song, I'm like, what a great song to start the album with. Okay. And yeah, it so just different. kicks off. You got like, yeah, you got like this, you know, your vocals, which is something that I... You know, you were always kind of like backing
0: vocals. when yeah. I saw you, So I never heard you. Well,
1: really they like took the music. microphone away from me uh, years before. <laughs> uh, I was. Yeah, we were playing at Max's <laughs> one night with the with the knots and it was Christmas. Yeah. And we had this English lead singer and he said to everybody, happy Merry Christmas to everybody. And I, you know, I was half in a bag and I said, fuck Christmas. <laughs> let's play. And oh. so apparently, <laughs> apparently, some people took humbridge to that. Um, oh. Yeah, and after that, I was never allowed a microphone. You so sound like,
2: you sound like you sound like Rob at the International Ball <laughs> Christmas time. He's always like, "Fuck Christmas, fuck Christmas." I hate Christmas. You know that.
1: <laughs> I remember. Yeah, it was it was a bad night, and <laughs> and you know something. I oh, wow. occasionally hear from people. Still, there. Yeah, and they go. I was there that night. <laughs> you which, which yeah. you I could have set short. myself on fire, and it <laughs> wouldn't have made that much of a big deal. <laughs> well,
2: what, what I what I got to say is is that you know this "Be Like You" song, "Sad Girl," ah. uh, Orient, "Orient Door, "Swamp mm. Boogie," the Isadora, "Isadora's yeah. Last Dance." I like that yeah. one a lot okay you know and and this whole album thank great. you it's just like snotty ass snotty ass lyrics yeah. snotty ass yeah. vocals thunders thunders style blatantly stolen thing blatantly stolen
1: admitted ripped them off blindly okay blindly. Off. yeah all right no problem
0: okay but- yeah that's okay anybody's got a They're problem go with it off. they can
1: fuck oh. themselves I <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, so guys, um, Mike, I got four minutes for you guys to uh wrap it up. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and I'm gonna
2: just bring up the point now. Um, that you got some stuff on, SoundCloud cloud. Yeah, yeah. If anybody's interested, uh, you got a track called Nobody Cares About You and a track called Useful so Idiot.
1: Oh, yeah, what, what was the second one? Um, uh, uh you so Idiot. Idiot, yeah, that's right? like that's like the, that's like the next continuation of Be Like You. It's like it's a big fuck yeah. you to everybody. Yeah,
2: it's yeah, it's the sequel yeah. to be like you. Yeah, it, I, I it's did. like hey, I fuck did. you, yeah.
1: everybody. It's, <laughs> yep.
2: yep,
0: It's, it's timely. <laughs> and
2: on and on, and on that note, we'll wind down here. And I just want to thank oh man, Joe thank Peter you for coming on. We've been trying to do this for about yeah two yeah. months now, and uh, we got we got fucked with the coronavirus yeah. and technical <laughs> issues. But we finally got this done, and, and and you know I want to thank you, Joey, and we'll be. In yeah, listen, and, this, you know there's um, more
1: songs coming out. You you get you you're the first one that's gonna get them, so.
2: Thank you.
0: Hello, people. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, Mike went through a lot of trouble reaching out to Joey, um, for this special interview on the rocker Mike and rock Potential. I hope you guys are all safe and sound. And remember, don't get drunk, get lumped up. Have a good one.